Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Happy New Year, Doctor. And birthday, don't forget. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it was really nice <laughs> of the convalescent home to wheel him in here in his gurney this morning, and he strapped down to his bed with the side rails because he celebrated a birthday last weekend. He is now the antique number 67. And I don't feel a day over 66. <laughs> Smart Alec. And then he had to say, well, I'll never catch up with you. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Had a great week. And by the uh, way, thank you for the Christmas gift. Oh, you're welcome. That was you're very welcome. nice of you. Thank you. And i got to say that uh, zucchini bread your wife made, ooh, yeah. Let me tell you something. I didn't share that with anybody. I ate the whole thing. People have walked across the desert. They have led camels to water to get to that zucchini bread. Oh, yeah. That was good stuff. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about a guy who was an explorer named John C. Fremont. Oh, I know him. So a lot of people yeah. have heard of this guy. Sure. So we're going to just uh, kind of go through his. Now, I'm going to show you a picture here, Zeb. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. We'll hold it up to all the folks. Okay. So everybody, I'll uh, put it in front of the microphone. John Fremont's the one over by your thumb. And and this is Kit Carson. Boy, he was an ugly son of a gun. <laughs> John or Kit? Well, yeah, both okay. of them looked like they could have sung with the, uh, the what is it, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. Well, anyway, so they, their lives came together at a certain point. But anyway, we're going to talk about him and his ex exploring. Fremont. Yeah, John C. Yep. Fremont. Okay. So between 1842 and 1853, Fremont actually led five different parties across most of the West. And those journeys covered more territory than anyone else of his time. Hmm. Now, the historians kind of argue about the true value of his work, uh, and yet uh, you can't diminish it. I mean, he was he hired by the government in some cases, yeah. I see. So, but maybe the record keeping wasn't Did as good. Did Obama as, have something to do with I, that? I don't too? think so. Okay. <laughs> but you know, not like Lewis and Clark that kept accurate journals. So, but anyway, he was kind of an opportunist. Uh, his native charm, if you want to call it that, uh, his success actually as a mathematician really? brought him to the attention of several leading Charleston citizens. So they used their influence to get Fremont an appointment with the United States topographical corps responsible for western exploration you, this first program of 2017 to say that again fast five times so here we go <laughs> now fremont actually began his career in the navy really yeah and now back in those days the navy had to be a rough place to yeah it was a canoe <laughs> oh man i would not have wanted to been on one of those ships but really uh, he was in the navy yeah but he says that sea life did not suit him and I just imagine being out in the storm and the uh, oh, I'd I have, be so sick. I have a book someplace on that shelf. It's a fictional novel, but it goes back into history as to what it was like to live on a ship oh, yeah. with the spoiled food and everything. Ugh. Yeah, oh. yeah. But anyway, see, he he really wanted to be an explorer on land, not on the sea. So anyway, he was hired to aid an Army survey team in 1836 and spent the winter in the Carolina woods, which was close to where he was actually born. Yeah. Now, with the help of a guy named Joel Poinsett, best known for the poinsettia flowers he brought from Mexico in 1820s. I'll bet you didn't know that. Uh, you're teaching me. Every time you're on this program, I just I open my mind. And some of it's true. 
So, <laughs> you know, Fremont became acquainted with a guy named uh, Joseph Nicolette, and he was a well-known explorer, Explorer, even though I haven't heard of him. Well, I have, because okay. up in Wisconsin and along the St. Lawrence Seaway, Nicolette had, and the fur traders, Okay, uh, they were big into exploring, like, Wisconsin, Minnesota, up in that area. Okay. So I do know about him. So, anyway, he hired... Uh, it's the same guy. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh he was hired to help with the mapping of the West, and Fremont, Fremont went along uh, and found, as he put it, the path which I was destined to walk. Uh, so he found his mission in life, I, I guess. See. But anyway, two trips with Nicolette taught Fremont uh, a lot of skills he had, and had a lasting influence on his life. Um, as a result of his explorations with Nicolette, Fremont met and was befriended by a guy by the name of Senator Thomas Benton. Now, he's going to come back in the story a little more here. Okay. I, I think I've heard about this okay. guy. Yeah. But he was a powerful man uh, yeah. and a an real advocate of the uh, American expansion. Right. Now, that was a huge thing back then. And, you know, anyway, Fremont often visited Benton's home, and there he met and fell madly in love with Benton's 16-year-old daughter, Jessie. And they arrested him the day after. <laughs> 11 years younger than Fremont. 16? Yeah. But, he you know, would... back then, they, they married at 15, 16, 17. there were 14-year-old and 12-year-old yeah. brides yeah. and everything, but that doesn't make it right i know anyway jesse had a lot of other guys after her and the her mother determined that she must do better than a poor wandering army man some things never change she did not think much of john c fremont I see. anyway despite a six-month absence on another exploration of the des moines river arranged by benton the determined couple eloped in october of 1841 you imagine how many years he'd get in prison today for that? Yeah. So, well, by now she's probably 17. Oh, my. Anyway, okay. so Benton's anger over the marriage soon uh, dissipated, and yeah. in 1842, Benton sent Fremont on his first major assignment to survey the Platte. And so Kansas he's the rivers. father-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe he was sending him with hope he may not come back. That's I what don't I was know. thinking, yeah. You know, but anyway, Fremont managed to uh, embellish the assignment to include finding a route through the Rockies through South Pass. And that was a, a huge yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, accomplishment. But anyway, Fremont took along with him Benton's 12-year-old son as proof that even a child could journey west. 12, 12 years, years old. old. So would you would you like to be doing that and be responsible for a 12-year-old? No. It, it would depend on the 12-year-old. Yeah. But anyway, on this eventful trip, Fremont hired Kit Carson. Yeah. This is where they came together. Okay. For $100 a month to be his guide, and they became great friends, lifelong friends. Anyway, now this might be a good spot to take a break if you'd like, Zeb. Okay, I, I just hate to break the excitement, but uh, thank you. <laughs> right now, don't forget Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. You know, Zach called earlier this morning. Folks, I'm telling you, whether it's carpet or whether it's your upgrading of your windows with the western windows to keep that cold air outside and keep the warm temps inside, or whether it's lumber packages, your shingles, whatever, just get a hold of them today. Super great, folks, and Zach can help line up a contractor for all the installation work at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Number to call, please do, 878-2091. Minicasha Sales, bringing you Dr. History. And now, back to the story of John Fremont, Marrying a 16-year-old girl, being sent out west by his father-in-law, and dragging along a 12-year-old boy. What 
a story. Now, Fremont thought the trip was going to be too easy, okay? So he decided to shoot some rapids in a new inflatable rubber raft. They had rubber rafts back yeah, then? Yeah, they How'd did. How'd they inflate them? Uh, bellows. You're Actually, kidding no. me. Uh-uh. But I didn't even know they had rubber. Ba- what year was this? This was like 1836, 1840, somewhere I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, actually, I told a story a few years ago about some guys that had some rubber rafts, too. And okay. they weren't too dependable. Well, really? <laughs> so, anyway, he decided to shoot these rapids. Well, the result was the loss of valuable equipment and journals. The occupants nearly drowned uh, as well. The camera that Fremont lost on that. The foolhardy escapade could have made him the first man to photograph the West. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. what year was this? Uh, 1841, 1842, actually. I did not know they even had a camera back then. Yeah. You're a plethora of information I, I, this morning. <laughs> but, you know, the, anyway, so he lost the camera. He could have taken pictures. It was a, it was a Kodak moment. Kodak, it was. Yeah. But later on, the same trip, Fremont saw a mountain that he recklessly said was the tallest peak in the Rockies. Now, poorly equipped, Fremont made the climb to the top of this peak, and after going without two meals and a night's sleep, he raised an American flag while his men shot their guns and drank brandy. That's a good, that's a good crew. They understood the problem. <laughs> anyway, okay, so he finally returns to St. Louis and his wife, and he found Jesse actually confined to bed with their first child. Now, with all this natural drama, he draped the flag he had raised on that peak on Jesse's bed, exclaiming, this flag was raised over the highest peak in the Rocky Mountains. I have brought it to you. Well, the mountain was definitely not the tallest. Oh. It just happened to be yeah, one he came across. But it was a good thought. It was. So Fremont knew that his success was greatly determined by Congress's funding. So he lacked uh, the disposition to sit still long enough to write to him. So he dictated reports, and his wife wrote these things down. So she actually became kind of the the author of his success. His secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And by writing his story so well, they actually sold like today's best-selling novels. You're kidding. So I kind of think she may have embellished... A little, oh, you a little bit. You wouldn't think nah. she'd do that about her husband. No. So, anyway, Fremont's uh, report served as a guide for would future you like travelers. Your, would you like your wife keeping a uh, a diary on what you did? <laughs> well, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they planned a second uh, uh, trip, and on that occasion, he was to go from the ending point of his first journey on the Colorado to the Gulf of California. Oh, my. So heading more south. Yeah. Okay. Then northwest, he would then come east by the Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Clear back up the California-Oregon coast. So he came up to Idaho. Yeah. Uh, get, and he's supposed to gather data along the way that would actually help the uh, with the construction of forts. They wanted to have a chain of forts along, of course, the Oregon Trail and, and other trails. So he's going east on the Oregon right. Trail. Yes. One of the first people or groups to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and by that time, the Oregon Trail was only about a year or two old, wasn't right. it? Right. So in 1843, Fremont and Kit Carson headed west with this new party, and it was on this trip that Fremont named the Great Basin when he first saw the Great Salt Lake. So he, uh, along with uh, Jim Bridger and some of those others, was one of the first ones to see that. So in a leaky boat that had to be constantly pumped out with bellows so it wouldn't sink, Fremont explored the Great Salt Lake. Really? And he became convinced that a rumored whirlpool did not exist in the middle of the lake. The whirlpool was supposed to create an outlet to the ocean. 
Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a rumor that the Salt Lake had a whirlpool, had a whirlpool in the middle. It wasn't a Maytag, it was no. a whirlpool. And it would go to the ocean if you got sucked into that whirlpool. Right. You'd be sucked in and spit out in the Pacific. Who started that? <laughs> That's a good question. Anyway, later Fremont described the Great Basin and the Salt Lake Valley, uh, in particular to Brigham Young, yeah. which uh, started that. Yeah. But anyway, Fremont and his men marched onto the Columbia River from the Great Salt Lake, and th- so going west. But this exploration of the Columbia was the main reason for his trip. And Fremont and his men mapped, then determined the height of Mount St. Helens, uh-huh. Mount Rainier, oh, they went up there. Mount Hood. Yeah, they did get up there. Wow. Um, uh, and they collected ash from Mount St. Helens, uh, which they actually saw Mount St. Helens erupt. Well, and, so did we. <laughs> yeah, but not in a good way. No. So, anyway, uh, there was a group that canoed to Fort Vancouver where the journey ended, but Fremont wasn't through. Apparently, he wanted to make a grand sweep through some of Nevada, California, Utah, New Mexico. And so. How he, long did all this take? Well, they started in 1842. Uh, now we get clear over to 1845, so it, well, it was a few years. His home life with little old Jesse wasn't very good. <laughs> Not so good. Yeah. But uh, anyway... She's uh, 90 years old now, by the <laughs> yeah. way. So as they headed south in late January, they were deep in the Sierra Nevadas Uh-oh. in January. Hey, that's not good. And he crossed, despite Indian warnings to the contrary, and without Kit Carson's skill, the group would have never made it. Really? I mean, Kit Carson saved their bacon. Really? Basically. They didn't have any bacon. He didn't, they, no. Yeah. But it was 45 days later, they arrived at John Sutter's Fort on the American River through the Sacramento and San Joaquin Valleys, across the Mojave Desert, and and then they went on their way east. So they kind of made a loop, uh, which... Where, where did they come off? Uh, was it basically the same trail, if you will, from uh, going over through Reno and that type of thing? I think that has to be it, through oh, okay. by, uh, you know, uh, Lake Tahoe and yeah. that area. Okay. But uh, anyway, so they headed on back and got back to Independence. So his reunion with Jesse was a joyous one. She had feared he was dead. You know, he'd been gone a long time, and a lot of those guys never did come back. Didn't have a cell phone. No. Anyway, so his uh, next report began, and Jesse, his wife, served as his editor, creating a 600-page report that became a true bestseller. Really? And the media said Fremont was a national hero, a Columbus of the American West. Oh, my. Uh, Fremont preferred being called the Pathfinder. The Pathfinder. That sounds a lot better than the Columbus. From the big house out back to the little house. <laughs> so, anyway, President President James K. Polk uh, uh, was sending Fremont West one more time. Oh, my God. Fremont was to explore the area between the Arkansas and the Red Rivers. Poor little Jesse. Yeah. So, now we're at, in 1845. Okay. okay, so we've gone a few years. Yeah, we have. Anyway, Fremont brought his uh, men into California, and he... Now, he started in Missouri again? Yeah, back in Independence. <laughs> yeah. And did they travel primarily on the rivers or the trails? You know, I've got a ma- I'm going to show you a map here in a minute. Oh, that, okay, that I'll show you where they went. Okay. But uh, anyway, Fremont set up his base of operations at Sutter's Fort, which was close to Sacramento. Yep. With more than 200 men, Fremont marched to help settlers he heard were being attacked by Mexican soldiers, and as Fremont... Fremont rallied the soldiers and settlers. News reached them that the United States had declared war on Mexico. Uh-oh. So now we're in that Mexican-American yeah, 
bad, bad deal. Yeah. Anyway, he led his men in a series of successful battles and captured enemy supplies. And it was a triumphant day when he led his men into Los Angeles after having accepted the surrender of Mexican troops just outside the city. How old was he? Well... Uh, he see, he was 27. Now you ask me to do math. I know. He was 27. I shouldn't have broke the ice. <laughs> I'm going to guess close to 40. Okay, and, and Jesse just turned 19. It's 20 somewhere. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, anyway uh, so here he is. He refuses to side with a General Stephen Kearney, who was Commander-in-Chief of California. Uh, so he had a rift with the cavalry, okay? Yeah. And he was court-martialed and convicted of mutiny, disobedience, and conduct unbecoming an officer. Wasn't it uh, General Kearney, or Kearney, however you want to say that, wasn't he the general that reestablished up in Wyoming? No, I thought the same thing, but that was uh, Phil Kearney. This is Stephen Kearney, which may be a relative. I I, I don't know. But anyway, President Polk remitted the penalties, but the conviction stood, and uh, Fremont's work, Kind of set actually set a precedent for mapping the West. He really? he, he had a, a huge influence uh, with his map, and uh, anyway, you know, it, it just he did he covered probably more territory than Lewis and Clark. Does it amaze you with the lack of um, what do I want to say? Real scientific based equipment, how they could map and be so close. Right, and and for others to follow their maps oh, and yeah. know where they're going, what mountains, rivers, yeah, streams. turn left at the next beaver pond. Yeah, yeah. So beaver. Anyway, despite his troubles, his California years were rich, literally and figuratively. Fremont's miners struck gold. Uh, Jesse said that at one point her cupboards were full of bags of gold ore, each valued at twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Fremont. That was in the house. Yeah, they. You know what. Well, where else are you going to keep gonna, gold, for heaven's sake? You don't want to put it in a bank. You're not going to put it outside. No. Well, anyway, Fremont did not get his fields properly surveyed, however, and the result was a significant amount of claim jumping on his property. And that happened a lot. If you didn't have the right claims, yeah. uh, you know, with the government or whatever, anybody could just come Which in. I never understood how they did all that. I don't either, because, again, how do you describe yeah. a place and say, okay, this is my mine? Yeah. You know? Really? Anyway, now here's something. Fremont ran for president of the United States. I didn't know he that. He traveled to Europe to sell sell stock in his mines to the British. He also served as a leader of the Union Army during the Civil War. Uh, but business failures reduced the uh, pathfinder to the state of a poor pensioner at the end of his life. With all that gold in his yeah. cupboards? Yeah. And You're running kidding. for president. What they do with it all? That's a good question. But uh, anyway, he was not a great scientist. Fremont kind of romanticized the West more than anyone previously had with the help of his wife. Uh, you know, her storytelling, uh, her gifted ability to write. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were still some genuine scientific contributions and mapping that, that went on. Now, I'm going to show you a map here, Zeb. Okay. And you can Holy see, buckets. Okay, here's in St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. Independence. Yeah. Now, here's where Lewis and Clark went north yeah. up along the Missouri Clover. Gotcha. And then you've got uh, Bonneville, who came up this way, yep. up to Fort Boise, right past us. Yeah. And then you've got... Got this. a motel room there in, <laughs> Bo- in uh, Boise, right there on by Vista Boulevard. Now, Z- uh, Zeb, 
Zebulon Pike. Yeah, my distant relative. Your distant relative. Yeah. Got lost I several fig- times. Figures. <laughs> it runs in the family. He he discovered Pike's Peak. Yeah. He but, didn't know he did, though. But he didn't know he did. He, no. He led his men back. Uh, <laughs> My great uncle Zebulon actually was looking for the outhouse behind the big house. He followed uh, the trail. His is kind of a funny story because yeah. he, he was not. He got lost. He wasn't a real bright guy. No, he wasn't. No. But you can see. Don't right, say it. It doesn't run <laughs> in the won't. family. Okay. And so right here. Here you can see these lines are where clear over where uh, Fremont went. You know, clear he over. Took, he took the more arid route. Yeah, through you know, Colorado, Nevada, yeah. Utah, clear up the Mojave Desert, clear up along the uh, west coast, clear up here to Fort Vancouver, and then back down along where we are. What did the? You know, what would be interesting on a future program is what did they like Fremont's group? What did they take? For supplies, I mean, really, I mean the the packing, the food, the uh, tools, yeah. the ammunition, the guns. I mean, you had to really pack smart. You did, and uh, especially, you know, we're lo- I'm looking at the Mojave Desert. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah. and then uh, uh, through Salt Lake, through the desert there, and I mean, uh, they had to have the right food. They had to have something so they didn't get uh, scurvy. You know what we ought to do on uh, future programs is, you mentioned the cameras earlier and right. the inflatable rafts and everything. What we ought to do is, and you are the man that's going to take care of this, do a little study as to when these things were invented. That would be interesting. Yeah. I did not know they had cameras and inflatable rafts back then. There was somebody, and I can't remember who it was, if it was Pike or somebody else that had a couple of rubber rafts too, and they Yeah, were, but he didn't need them up on Pike's Peak. <laughs> he didn't, but I'll have to research he thought that. He was going to the water. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Anyway, that's John C. Fremont really was uh, an amazing explorer. I did not know Spent that, but I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Jesse. <laughs> well, you Poor know, Jesse. And how many children did they have? It doesn't say. I oh, don't know. Really? But, you know, it's a poor story that can't be improved on a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think Jesse did that okay. very well. Well, she uh, <laughs> probably embellished it a little bit. Yeah. So, anyway. But that's a good story. I did not know all that stuff. Yeah. Just, but then, you know, you've done stories on Kit Carson, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, so we'll... Uh, uh, we'll do some research on that Let's rubber, do some research rubber raft on the thing. rubber raft and the bellows and the, and the camera. I mean, that would be an interesting program yeah. in itself when these things were invented. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I know there was, I think it was Ansel Adams that was one of those that, or was he more our time? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think Mr. Kodak was one of the first people with the camera. So maybe we could start our research there. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds All good. Right. Hey, Doc, great program. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Don't get lost on the trail. I won't. Okay. <laughs>